Gravity is one of Heinlein's major contributions to the field of science fiction. Imaginative literature ideally reflects and interprets reality. Future realities have often been handled by means of what is actually symbolism. That is, of course, one way to do it. It is not the only way. An integrated mirror of a future reality, which can be accepted as three-dimensional rather than as a background of flats, may be achieved by Heinlein's method of dynamic continuity. Once that is achieved, the writer is free to tell a story about the values of men and women which is significant to the men and women who read the story. Since the future societies which Heinlein postulates are workable societies, he can concentrate upon the important problems of human beings in relation to their culture. Those problems may affect the society, but their importance rests in how they affect the individual. And Heinlein understands that the personality is as complex as the society. The same man who wrote Coventry wrote they. All this, however, does not entirely explain why Heinlein is such an excellent storyteller. C.L. Moore calls Heinlein's work the result of the innocent eye and the sophisticated mind, which seems to me an accurate analysis. The term, a sense of wonder, has been too often profaned for me to profane it, but I will go so far as to say that nobody who knows Heinlein could call him blasé. Since I have known him, his attitude has always been, if this goes on, and from that, it's only a step to once upon a time. Henry Kuttner, Los Angeles, California. If this goes on. Chapter 1 It was cold on the rampart. I slapped my numbed hands together, then stopped hastily for fear of disturbing the prophet. My post that night was just outside his personal apartments a post that I had won by taking more than usual care to be neat and smart at guard mount. But I had no wish to call attention to myself now. I was young then, and not too bright, a legate fresh out of West Point, and a guardsman in the Angels of the Lord, the personal guard of the Prophet Incarnate. At birth, my mother had consecrated me to the church, and at eighteen my uncle Absalom, a senior lay censor, had prayed an appointment to the military academy for me from the Council of Elders. West Point had suited me. Oh, I had joined in the usual griping among classmates, the almost ritualistic complaining common to all military life, but truthfully, I enjoyed the monastic routine. Up at five, two hours of prayers and meditation, then classes and lectures in the endless subjects of a military education, strategy and tactics theology, mob psychology, basic miracles. In the afternoons, we practiced with vortex guns and blasters, drilled with tanks, and hardened our bodies with exercise. I did not stand very high on graduation, and had not really expected to be assigned to the angels of the Lord, even though I had put in for it. But I had always gotten top marks in piety, and stood well enough in most of the practical subjects. I was chosen. It made me almost sinfully proud, the holiest regiment of the prophet's hosts, even the privates of which were commissioned officers, and whose colonel-in-chief was the prophet's sword triumphant, marshal of all the hosts. The day I was invested in the shining buckler and spear worn only by the angels, I vowed to petition to study for the priesthood as soon as promotion to captain made me eligible. 
But this night, months later, though my buckler was still shining bright, there was a spot of tarnish in my heart. Somehow, life at New Jerusalem was not as I had imagined it while at West Point. The palace and temple were shot through with intrigue and politics. Priests and deacons, ministers of state, and palace functionaries all seemed engaged in a scramble for power and favor at the hand of the prophet. Even the officers of my own corps seemed corrupted by it. Our proud motto, non sibi sed dei, now had a wry flavor in my mouth. Not that I was without sin myself. While I had not joined in the struggle for worldly preference, I had done something which I knew in my heart to be worse. I had looked with longing on a consecrated female. Please understand me better than I understood myself. I was a grown man in body, an infant in experience.